You are listening to the Father's House podcast located in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, visit thefathershouseky.com. All right, praise the Lord. Good morning. Man, it's good to see so many uh, people here supporting. Uh, Raise your hand if you're here because of somebody being baptized. Raise your hand real high. Man, come on. Let's go. Awesome. Man, raise your hand if you're from Church Alive. (laughs) Oh, really? I thought I was going to be like the majority of that group. Okay. All right. I was just a little experiment there. So, hey, we're, we're blessed to have you guys here. Uh, it's a, what an honor for those who you got. Mason, I love you, buddy. Yeah. Where are you at? There you are. Yeah. Come on, give it up for Mason Barley. Man, oh man. So good. So good. Junior. Man, Junior didn't share with you guys. I'm, he's got a crazy testimony, I'm telling you. Just a wild, it makes my testimony look like nothing. You know, he's got a wild testimony. And that's pretty amazing what the Lord has done in his life, Junior, and uh, just so, so awesome. So awesome to see what God's doing in these guys' lives. That's what it's all about, amen? That's what it's all about. So this all really runs together with what I feel like the Lord has put on my heart this morning to communicate with you guys, to minister to you guys this morning. Uh, Man, I was just thinking... Um, I don't even know if Maddie said this or not, but I, th- I think she probably did. But at our church, we've, what we feel like the Lord has been saying and he's been doing is that he's reintroducing himself to people when they come to our church. So maybe you're new to church or maybe you've grown up in church and you've been away from church and then you come here and maybe at first you're kind of like, whoa, what's going on here, dude? This is a little wild in here. I don't know about all this, you know. I don't know about the others. I think some lady just took off running. I don't know about all that, you know. And, and what you're seeing uh, is people that have a, just a really hard a passion for the Lord. Um, people that, and I'm not saying that you have to run to have a passion for the Lord. It's not what I'm saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm just saying God is maybe just reintroducing uh, that church can be enjoyable. <laughs> that you actually can enjoy Jesus better than you can enjoy sin. Amen. Isn't that good news? Man, I'm so, I'm so encouraged to know that Jesus is actually better than sin. That he's actually better than sex and drugs and all kinds of money. That Jesus is actually better than those things. Young people, I'm here to tell you that even though somebody in the church might have just told you don't do those things because they're bad, I'm here to tell you that Jesus is better. He's so much better. Man, and I know, believe me, I know all about it. And a lot of us in this room do, but man, Jesus is better. So I'm going to try to stay on track here this morning. Uh, but man, it was so good to have Julian with us this past weekend. Julian Adams, so encouraging um, to hear him prophesy over some of my own family, over my children. Uh, it was amazing. I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, I just, I got, I got all of it recorded on my phone. Uh, I love that about Julian. Uh, I love what he said on Saturday night. He said he will not... Or privately prophesy or pray with anyone because he wants everything to be accountable. He wants it all to be recorded so that way no one can say he said anything to them. I thought, man, this guy is just full of wisdom. He's yeah. full of wisdom. You know, I thought, man, this is how this should be done. You know what's even crazier to me is when people that are just what I consider to be way above me in the kingdom of God, they come here and they humble themselves and they submit to this, to my leadership. And I'm like, man, what in the world? But they come in and they, how many of you know that in the kingdom of God, like there's this level of honor that 
that has to, and if you wanna, if you wanna be used by God, you gotta learn how to come under some type of authority and get in honor, and it's just it's so cool. It's, it's, it's just so beautiful to me. It's, it's, it's so good, especially for those who think, man, God's gonna raise me up, and I'm gonna preach, and I'm gonna do this. Let me tell you this. You're never gonna do any of that unless you first learn how to follow somebody. You gotta learn how to follow. You gotta learn how to, you gotta learn how to serve. You gotta learn how to come under somebody else's vision probably before you're ever gonna have your own. I don't even know why I'm saying this. But it, it is, because uh, it's, just, it's just the way things work. Otherwise, you're going to open doors for yourself, and you're going to have to keep those doors open yourself. So I'm going to move on. I digress this morning. Glory to God. Whoa, okay, all right. So, man, isn't Jesus good? He's so good. Um, man, he's so good. I don't know about you, but if you ever see me crying up here, it's not because I'm sad. It's just because he's good. And like, he's just so good, and I'm like overwhelmed by his goodness. And then I walk around the room, and I see somebody else, and I see his goodness. And then I see somebody get baptized, and I see his goodness. I see somebody else, and I just see his goodness. And I'm like, oh, Lord, you're so good. <laughs> you're so much better than I imagined. So much better. So the title of my message this morning, so I'll get straight into this. I feel like the Lord wanted to encourage a lot of us. If you were to title it, it would be that nothing is wasted. Nothing. Everybody say nothing, nothing. is wasted. wasted. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. God, I thank you that you truly are a father to the fatherless. That, Lord, that we are sons and daughters. We are rooted in family, Lord. And we have the opportunity today to fellowship and come together as one in this body, to eat together, to break bread together, to love on one another really well. But, Father, I just pray right now that your Holy Spirit would come and just open the eyes of your people, open the hearts of your people. God, I just pray that you would break down every walls of anything that would be blocking them from receiving wisdom and revelation this morning. Father, I pray that you would remove anything in me, God, that would stop me from speaking your truth and speaking for you this morning. Holy Spirit, come. Have your way. In the name of Jesus and all God's people say, amen and amen. Something we haven't done in a while I want to get back to. Can you lift out your hands like this? You can repeat after me. People are like, no, I don't know yet. Uh, They say, Jesus, I receive anything that's from you. Amen. Isn't that good? Some of y'all didn't do it because you're scared. That's okay. You can do it now. You're like, I don't know what he's going to say. You thought I was going to say, Jesus, I'm going to join this church or... I'm going to give all my money. No, no, that's not, that wasn't it at all. Hey, listen, I, I just want people to do what God is leading them to do, period. If you go to a different church in this town, there's not one person that can say that I personally invited you to this church if I knew you already had a church. I don't do that. But if God's leading you to do something, then you just need to follow the Lord, amen? Just follow the Lord. So nothing is wasted. So if you come around my house, my wonderful, beautiful wife, Maddie, we have a little AeroPress, glory to God, for good coffee. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all still don't know what that means. It's like a real fancy hipster way to make coffee. It's a little, I don't know, look it up, Google it. AeroPress, okay? That's besides the point. And, and so anyways, we have coffee, and then at the end of the brewing the coffee, it comes out with like this little coffee puck that normally I would just throw in the trash. But if you're my wife, who's frugal and creative and artsy and amazing, I love you. And she, I come home one day and her and my daughter, it looks like they have just mud all over their face and dirt. And, and she's saying, oh, uh, Mercy's like, oh, mom, mom made uh, a facial, she made a face scrub, a face wash out of the, like what seemed like wasted uh, coffee grinds. You know, I throw mine away, but Maddie looks at them differently. And it's like, oh, we can make a face scrub. 
And I'm like, that's so cool. Like literally just trying to come up with creative ways to, to not waste anything. I mean, even like she, you go to our backyard, you're gonna find eggshells and all kinds of stuff that seems like trash, but she's got it in a box, you know, and it's compost. And it looks like somebody you throw away. But even this one, this one really surprised me. She's so creative. How many of you are married to maybe you have a creative person in your life? You gotta, you gotta, get, you, you gotta give them creative outlets if you want them to come alive. So I get home and Maddie, she's got a watermelon and uh, she's, she's, she's like got the rind of the watermelon, which most of us do what with? Throw away, right? And she's got it and she's like fermenting it. I don't know, some type of witchcraft. And... <laughs> I'm just kidding. And she's like fermenting the, the watermelon rind in jars to like pickle it or to make it like pickles. I don't know. I still haven't eaten one. I don't know if I'm going to. You know, I'm not saying I do all the stuff that she's talking about, but like Maddie has this creative way of, of looking at things and saying, actually, that's not waste. That can be reused, that, can, that has a purpose. And in the same way, I man, I'm getting a lot of brownie points this morning. In the same way, God does the same thing. He, he seems to, things that seem like it was wasted or seasons of your life or things in your life that seem like they have no purpose, God in his goodness is repurposing, reusing and turning things around for your good. That's good news. Same type of way, God is doing the exact same thing. He's saying, listen, nothing, some of you really need to hear this this morning. I think we all do at times, but some of you really need to hear this. Nothing is wasted, nothing. Man, isn't that good? Not one prayer that we prayed two years ago for Mason was wasted. Come on, sorry, Mason, I love you. Not one prayer that people prayed. Some of you, how many of you prayed? There might be a few of you here. How many of you prayed for me when I was lost, when I was a teenager? Raise your hand. My mom's got her hand. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And, and how, well, how long are you praying? Probably 10 years. <laughs> too long come on somebody too long Lord but you know it seemed maybe it seemed like in those times you're in prayer you're in, and then all of a sudden you get a call mom that's like oh well actually he just got arrested oh actually he's done something else stupid and it seems like things maybe even be going backwards and it seems like maybe your prayers and things are being wasted but I'm here to tell you this morning the good news nothing's wasted when it comes to the Lord nothing is wasted not one thing so I think we've all been in times. How many of you are like that, by the way, like Maddie? You like try to repurpose, reuse everything. Let me just go ahead and give you some advice. You need to throw some stuff away. It's okay. <laughs> You're not like God. Not everything can be reused, okay? You need to throw some of that stuff away and all the, all the men in here. Maybe actually some of you men, maybe you're the guy. But anyways, nothing is wasted. God is... Um, repurposing things. God is, God is playing like three-dimensional chess in our lives and he's using things that seem like heartache, seem like grief, seem like loss. Listen to me, that means God is not just taking your good moments, he's taking your bad moments, he's taking your disappointments, he's taking your bad seasons, he's taking your good seasons and he's working them all together for your good. Everything. Well, my car broke down. God's working it for your good. Maybe you need to exercise. <laughs> Y'all thought I was gonna say maybe he's gonna give you a new car. No, this ain't, this ain't the luxury gospel around here. <laughs> mm, see, some of y'all didn't know you could laugh in church. It's okay. It's okay. It really is. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
I love to cry, but I love to laugh as well. And I tell you, one of my favorite things to do is to laugh at the devil. It's one of my favorite things. Y'all hear me say that a lot. I love it. I love laughing at him. Some of y'all don't know how to take that. I can feel it in the room. I love laughing at him. You know why? Because he's a liar. And he's always trying to say something mean to me and something about my family. I love laughing at him and say, man, you're, you're a joke. You're a liar. You're nothing. I love to remind him. So, you know the Bible, in Romans 8, 28, we all know this verse, but it says, For God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. This is a promise, church, that God is causing all things to work together for good. Did you notice that it doesn't say, for we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good. You notice it doesn't say that God causes all things to happen to us. For some reason, some doctrines and some churches have made it out to, to make this verse be like, well, actually God causes all things to happen and then he uses them for your good. Have you ever noticed that? Then you have a family member die or you have a kid that gets sick and people have this weird theology. It's like, oh, well, it's happening for a reason, brother. Well, no, the reason is that from the fall of man, from the garden, sin, sickness, death, and disease entered into the world. That's the reason. It's not because God is raising up cancer in your life to get you to have more faith against cancer. God is not causing things to happen to you and then using them for your good. God in his goodness, no matter what is happening to you, in his promises, in his sovereignty, in his provision, he's causing them to work for your good. There's a big difference there because you can get really mad at God when your car breaks down thinking that he broke it down to teach you patience. No, your car probably just broke down because you got a 97 Avalon like I do. <laughs> you know what, I just, I just, I cancel that word curse right now. That thing's gonna run 400,000 miles in the name of Jesus. I've laid hands on that Avalon, 400,000 miles, Lord. Y'all think I'm crazy. Y'all just wait till it hits that 400,000. I'm praying God's favor and blessing on it. But guess what? You know, so what am I trying to say? Some people have this weird idea that like, well, you know, my, my grandma died or they, somebody committed suicide, they get hit by a car, but it's just happening for a reason. I remember there was a guy in Friends of Sinners one time that he, he got out of Friends of Sinners. He went back into jail. He, he relapsed. It, it took him two hours from relapse to jail. I was like, dang, that's got to be a record. Yeah, <laughs> two hours, man. And what happened was, I remember him talking to me. I went to meet him in the jail, and I remember him saying to me, well, I know, uh, you know, it's just all part of God's plan, and, you know, God's just, you know, it's God's got a reason for this. I said, hold on a second. It wasn't God's plan for you to relapse. Hold on now. <laughs> hold on now. You're in jail because you relapsed. You're not in jail because God was wanting to put you in jail to get your attention. No, you put yourself in jail. Now God's got your attention. Otherwise, because here, you got to think about this. God is a good father, right? I'm a good father, I like to think. I don't look at my son, my son, and say, you know what, I want him to, you know what, my plan for my son is to be a drug addict. That's my plan for him. That's my sovereign choice, is for my son to be a drug addict so he could run friends of sinners one day. No. No, sir. No, 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 no. My plan is for my son to know God at a young age, keep himself holy and pure all the way to marriage, and, and never dabble in any of that nonsense. That's the plan. Amen? <laughs> but here's the good part of it. Even if something does happen, 
God will turn it around for his good. God's plan was not for me to be abused, addicted, and afflicted. God's plan was for me to fall in love with him at a young age and stay by him all my life. But since I was, now I can, I can help people that were. Amen? And we get twisted thinking sometimes, well, this was God's plan the whole time. Because what happens, you see God using you in a certain way because of your past or something you've been through, and you think that God put you through it. Hmm. Let me say this. I believe that we go through things in life. Obviously, we have to come to the fact that no matter what happens to us, God did allow it. Right? If he, I mean, that's the hardest thing probably for most Christians to understand. Why would you allow this anyways? But the reality is not everything in our life is from the devil. Let me say it again. Not everything in your life that's happening bad is from the devil. Some of it is self-inflicted. There are times in the scripture when it says that the Satan had bound this lady for 18 years. But there's some stuff that happens to us that we've put ourselves into. Right? But you know what's so good about God still? Even if when you've been a big dummy and done dumb stuff, God will still turn around and use it for your good. <laughs> Isn't that good news? <laughs> and don't hear what I'm not saying this morning. Don't go do dumb stuff on purpose. Well, God's going to use it for my good. No, you ain't, you're not hearing what I'm saying this morning. <laughs> I'm not trying to go through more self-inflicted trials. Somebody say amen. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not trying to get myself into more things and asking God to get me out of them. He's like, well, I ain't got nothing to do with this one, Mike. So when the Bible says he works all things, it doesn't mean he causes all things. Some of you just really need to hear that, you know? When I think about my son, Redding, I think about a five-year-old son who we've had a lot of issues with him mentally, right? With his speech, with a lot of different things. He's still, right now, he's still in speech therapy, all kinds of stuff. And, and we've prayed, we're praying, we're praying. And here's the good news. Reading is actually getting better. Amen? It's pretty awesome. But even in, even this morning when he was getting ready, and we were trying to reason with him about a few things. He could not understand. He could not, he could not understand exactly what we were trying to say to him. I'm like, man, God, this is tough. Can we just be real? Some of us in this room, even right now, or even in the past, but even right now, you've got some hard situations you're walking through right now in your life. And it's tough. And I'm not sitting here trying to say, hey, man, brother, it's going to be good one day. I completely understand that it's really tough right now. And it can be really hard. I completely get it. Uh, we understand, but I can look at him and I can look in this moment with my son and I can tell you what one thing for sure the Lord has done with us with Reading for our good, man, it's helped us to be gentle. It's helped us to be compassionate. It's helped us to be empathetic. It's helped us to slow down. It's helped us to be more understanding. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Don't those all sound like good things for me? The Lord wants me to be more gentle, more understanding, more compassionate, more empathetic. And he's using this thing that the enemy is using for evil. And God is so amazing. He's turning it for good. The vengeance of our God is that he takes everything in your life and turns it for good. Where it seems like the enemy is winning, God's turning it around. That's good news, church. So let's not move from this balance of what God calls this to happen I mean, we just got to get through some of that nonsense. Bad things just happen because of sin, guys. 
And then bad things happen because of the devil and bad things happen because we put them on ourselves. Whew, can I be real this morning? Some of us, we have a bad things. We've gone through divorce, gone through a lot of things, but God never told you to get in that marriage to begin with. God never told you to date that girl to begin with. Some of you young people, you're struggling with some of your relationships because you ain't asked the Lord about that relationship to start. Now you think, well, God, please bring her back. All the teenagers in the Kyle. <laughs> Lord, please, I love the teenage relationships. They're so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I love you so much, baby, to the moon and back. You've been together for 14 days. No, you need to know that you're loved with an everlasting love from the Father and you don't need any love from anybody else, amen? You really don't. But young people, God will turn that season around for your good as well. You can learn something out of that, amen? So our good seasons, our bad seasons, our good moments, our bad moments, our pains, our past failures, our current disappointments, all things. Somebody say all things. God says to you this morning, I don't waste anything. I don't waste anything. Some of you need to hear this. Some of you think that you're literally in a season of waste right now. I'm wasting time. I'm wasting time. It's two years. I haven't been in my Bible enough. I haven't done this enough. I've just wasted this time. Haven't been to church enough or I go to church and I don't even know why I'm at church. You just think you're in a season of waste. You know something I would encourage you with this morning if you feel like you're, you're discouraged and you're going through hard things, I would encourage you to be proactive and start to try to look for the good that God is trying to do in the season. Start to actually be like, okay, Lord, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand why this is so rough. I don't understand why things aren't changing. So I got to start to take a step back and I'm gonna start to look for your goodness. Because the word of God says, surely your goodness and mercy will follow me. So I'm gonna start looking, God, okay, this situation seems terrible, so I'm gonna go ahead and jump on the forefront of this and say, okay, God, where are you at in this? What are you trying to do? In my kid's sickness, God, how could you possibly be using this for good? Lord, show me what is coming good out of this because I'm overwhelmed. Can somebody say amen to that? Doesn't that make sense? So start to look for the good. Don't, Don't just think of seasons that are wasted. I remember I've had jobs how many of you ever worked at a job and you worked there a little while and you're like, well, that was just a waste of time? If you're born again, God will use it for your good. I've had jobs like, man, Lord, why am I, why am I still working here? Why am I still doing this? Hmm. And then I changed my perspective and started saying, all right, God, where are you at in the middle of this? Where are you at in the middle of my discouragement, my disappointment? You're not opening doors for me. Where are you right now? How are you working? I'm telling you, you can come out of discouragement today if you're in a rough season by start to look for his goodness. God, how are you working in my family? My family's falling apart right now. Hmm. Maybe it's moved your heart to prayer. Maybe God's trying to move you to be the intercessor of your family and stop just being under a spirit of despair for your family. He's trying to turn all the nonsense in your family and make you this amazing prayer warrior for them. You know what I mean? You gotta start to think with a heavenly lens of God, you're turning things around. God, you're making all things new. This is what you do. God, you redeem, you restore, you rescue. This is who you are. So if you're in the middle of a season of despair and lack and loss, start to look for what God is actually doing. Amen? Amen. 
I think we can be so focused on what the enemy's doing that we literally miss out on what God is actually doing in our lives. Instead of me saying, all right, God, you're not, you're not healing Redding like we want. You're not getting breakthrough with Redding like we want. Instead, I, or I can come back and say, man, God, I thank you. You're making us more gentle and compassionate. You're teaching us to have faith in the middle when we don't see things go our way. You're building our faith. You know what I mean? You can, you can, you can do what you want here. You can live in despair or you can live in faith. It's your choice. So, all right. I know we got food and stuff today. What time is it? 12 o'clock, glory to God. How many of you just came for the food? <laughs> y'all, some of y'all are like, I don't know. I always love saying that because like sometimes there's some teenagers that are just like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> don't care at all. My mom made me come to church. That's totally fine. I get that. Well, if you just came for the food, you need to repent. So anyways. Uh, uh, hmm. So let me just speak a few things to you. Uh, I don't want to go too much further. Um, I want to give enough time for us to fellowship and just be together today. And how many of you know what we're about to do right after this service is just as spiritual as what we're doing right now? Some of you really need to hear that. Let me say it again. What we're about to do, breaking bread, talking to one another, eating food together, playing around with our kids, with one another, is just as spiritual as what we're doing now. It's not any more spiritual. It's not less spiritual than our intercessory prayer nights. It's just as important, just as important. It's equally important for the, for the church to be healthy. Amen? So um, I feel like one of the last things that God really wanted to just push from the pulpit this morning, something the Lord's really been speaking to me and I believe for some of you too, it's Galatians 6, 9. It says, let us not become weary in doing good. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap. Look at this promise, though. So there's a promise at the beginning of this. How many of you ever read this scripture? Right? So the scripture is a promise, but it has a condition. And let us not grow weary of doing good, condition, for in due season you will reap. There's a promise. Here's a condition. If you do not give up. If you do not give up, here's a promise. Listen, what God, I believe, is trying to say to you today, some of you are going through hard things, you've gone through hard things, you're in the middle of hard things, and maybe you're just being consistent. Some of you are just being consistent at your job. You've been working for years. You go to work every day, but you're just exhausted. You're just tired. I believe the Lord wants to say to you, don't grow weary in doing good things. You're doing the right things. Daniel, you're doing good things. Dom, you're doing good things. Friends of sinners, guys, you're doing the right thing. Don't grow weary in doing the right thing. Some of you are in marriage coaching right now and it's getting tough and it's getting rough or whatever. Some of you are walking out your sobriety and it's getting tough, it's getting exhaustive. The word of God says, don't grow weary in doing good things because we harvest what we plant. And what you're planting right now, you're planting character, you're planting faithfulness, you're planting stability, and you will get a harvest from that. In due season. If what? You don't give up. So I believe the word of the Lord for a lot of us in this room this morning is don't give up. Some of you have been in marriage for many, many years, and you're finally thinking about getting out of that marriage. I believe the Lord would say to you today, do not grow weary in doing good. I'm not talking about an abusive, physically abusive affair marriage. I'm talking about it just sucks. There's no connection. 
whatever. We could go on and on and on. But you've been faithful. You've stayed by their side. You've tried to bring them to church. You've had people praying for them. Don't grow weary in doing good. Some of you are working on your marriage. Don't give up. Some of you have been coming to church off and on. Some of you have maybe fell back and forth and relapsed. Some of you have gone back and forth in the world. I'm here to tell you, don't grow weary in doing the right thing. Keep coming. I don't care what sin you get yourself into. Don't ever stop coming here. This is a place of mercy, a place of grace, a place of unconditional love. Don't ever let the enemy deceive you to, to get out of church because you're screwing up. How, how silly of the devil. He comes in and tells you, you're screwing up. Don't go to church. Actually, the whole gospel is he loved you when you were the most screwed up. You see what I'm saying? But the enemy comes in. Oh, you're struggling right now. You better not go down front for worship. You're having a hard time with a bad attitude this morning. You better not go down front for worship. And I would turn it around on its head. If you've been having a bad attitude all morning, you better get down here for worship. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're telling me you're going to have a bad attitude and withhold praise from God? Come on now. You see what I'm saying? Don't go weary in being consistent at your job that you've been consistent at for years. And some of you might be thinking, well, I'm supposed to get a new job or I'm supposed to step in a new season. I'm here to tell you, nothing is wasted when it comes to the Lord. Look at that past season and say, all right, God, what was the good you brought out of this? If you start to look for that good, I promise you'll see it. If you just wanna see the negative and you wanna see how everything is bad and how everything is not what it's supposed to be, you'll see that, I promise. But if you look back and say, wow, God, you're gonna turn this around. Simply put, don't give up, church. Look at your neighbor and say, don't give up. If you're married, turn to your wife and say, don't give up on me. And you say back to them, I won't. And then you can say back to them, I'll kill you if you do. Just kidding. <laughs> That's a joke, okay? So don't grow weary in doing good things. I feel like the Lord wants to say as well this morning, some of us are just so tired of, of being, but you've been consistent. Your life is that you have a consistent job, you have consistent things going on. Those are good things, guys. Those are good things, Ryan. Those are good things. Friends, sinners, those are good things. Daniel, those are good things. Mike, Rudd, those are good things. Don't go tired. You're doing good things. You're taking care of your family, providing. These are good things. Don't go, don't go weary in doing good. Amen. Jerry, don't go weary in doing good. Amen. Pastor Herzog, don't go weary in doing good. Man, you're doing a lot of good, friend. A lot of good. Man. Shoot, I'm preaching to myself this morning. Hmm. It was really good to hear from Julian this past week. People come in and visit our church. and He was there on Sunday morning. He looked at me and he said, Mike, you're doing a good job here. And I was like, man, thanks. <laughs> oh, isn't that good? We need encouragement, don't we? Didn't it make it to some of you? You really needed to hear that this morning, didn't you? You really needed to hear that nothing's wasted. You really needed to hear, don't give up. You really needed to hear, don't go weary and doing good. Man, sometimes we just need to be reminded of things we've already known. We're just struggling with in the moment, amen? Don't give up. Tyler, don't give up. Don't give up. It's amazing. Junior, don't give up. We're here for you, buddy. All you guys, anyone in this room, we're behind you. Amen? 
we are truly behind you. Hmm. I want to read some scriptures and then we'll be done. Uh, I just want to, there's a lot of scriptures that really just, I called my buddy as I was uh, praying over my message this morning, just had a really simple word this morning to give and uh, I called my buddy Aston who's in jail right now. He got saved in prison about four years ago and uh, we were real close. It's by the grace of God, I wasn't at his house when he, the feds came and kicked his door in and, and took him to prison and... Um, it was just by the grace of God I wasn't there because I was there all the time. And um, he truly got saved in prison. Truly got saved. Radically got saved. I mean, filled with the Holy Ghost kind of saved. Amen. And just really got touched by the Lord. Really got touched by Jesus. He came to this church one time when he first got out of prison. It was actually kind of funny. And I'll end with this today, guys. It was kind of funny because when he got out of prison, he was on Facebook, and I messaged him. I was like, hey, man, if you need anything, let me know I'm here for you. But I forgot that he didn't know I got saved. So he probably thought I was talking about drugs. <laughs> he, so he never answered. <laughs> and then I messaged him back. I was like, hey, I probably should have clarified. I got saved. I volunteered at the church. And if you need like food or like, clothes or encouragement, stuff like that, I'm here for you. And he messaged me back immediately. He's like, oh, cool, man. I, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm trying to live my life right, you know. And, uh, but anyways, it was just pretty funny. But he came, got really touched by the Lord. And then, you know, uh, he had such a deep knowledge of the word of God after he got out of prison. How many, shoot, some of these guys that go to jail for a while, they know the Bible better than 90% of the people in this room. And they got nothing else to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and I was calling this morning because I just, I had this word heavy on my heart just for a lot of people in this room that nothing's wasted, don't go weary and do good. And I just thought about him, so I called him. And I just read a lot of these scriptures over him this morning. And he just began to cry. And I told him, because he's about to do, he's trying to get a seven-year plea right now for fed time. For those of you who don't know what that means, that means that he will do at least 80% of seven years no matter what. So there is no way around it, okay? There's, no, there's nothing else, okay? Uh, unless some laws change. And, uh, hey, I mean, you know what? I'll just take that words back real quick. Unless God does something miraculous. Okay? God's bigger than the justice system. The Bible actually says the government sits on his shoulders. And so, anyways, I called him this morning. And I just, I just felt like, man, I just wanted to encourage him. That, like, even though he went to prison before, even though he got out. And, I just, and even this next maybe three and a half years, he's about to spend in prison. He just, I just did his wedding, actually. He just had a child. I mean, it's just a rough situation. And you could just see the mercy of God, the, the love of God just all over him. And I just looked at him this morning. And I start to read a lot of these scriptures over him. And I just want to read a lot of these over you this morning. And um, so I just pray that as I speak some of these scriptures, that it will speak to many of you in this room. And uh, 1 Peter 5.10 says, and after you have suffered a little while. <laughs> How many of you know that the gospel is actually has some suffering in it? Yeah. Right? How many of you know that there's actually a, a, a really close I believe that there's a close place with God that you can actually only get in seasons of suffering. I don't know about you, but when I get really, really sick, I get deep in the Lord. And I'm not saying God made me sick so I get deep in the Lord. But man, I feel close to him. Maybe because I'm about to die or something. I don't know. But like I, I get close to the Lord in these moments and, and it's just part of it. But it says, 1 Peter 5.10, it says, After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore confirm, strengthen, and establish you. 
And that's why I got to speak over him this morning. I'll speak over you. I said, listen, after you're going to suffer a little while, Jesus himself is going to restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Isn't that good? Some of you are right in the middle of a trial right now. I'm here to tell you, good things are coming. The Lord's turning it around for your good. Psalms 34, 18 says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those crushed in spirit. If you're brokenhearted and you're in a tough season right now, I'm here to tell you, the Lord is near to you. He is closer than you could imagine. Philippians 4, 5 through 7, he says, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and let the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know how the peace of God that passes understanding comes in? It's because you're not gonna be able to understand it. You cannot lean on your own understanding and receive the peace of God. I cannot see, how many of you have ever seen God finally turn something for good and it's been years and years and years of bad? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We don't know when it's gonna turn around, but we can be looking for it. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 18, I love this. Let me speak this over you. Those who are just maybe growing weary, just feel like, man, I wanna give up, whatever. It says, therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an external glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We gotta be able to look past what is going on right now in our situation and look on, look in the spirit and see what God is doing, amen? Woo, and here's a good encouragement that God just loves to throw at us when we're struggling. James 1, 2, and 4, consider it pure joy. My goodness. Let me give you a little bit of advice. If somebody just lost a loved one, this isn't really the verse to say to them immediately. Hmm. Let me say it again. When someone just got in a car crash, it's not the time to bring up Romans 8, 28. It's the time to say, I'm sorry. Amen? People tell me stuff all the time, and I don't just sit there and try to blow, like just hose them down with Christian hope verses when they're struggling. I just say, man, I'm sorry. I know that's hard. And that's what we need sometimes. And then after that, we can get to the place where it's like, yeah, you know what? God's going to turn us around. Amen? Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. How many of you need perseverance? And check this next scripture out, though. He says, let perseverance finish its work. Whoa. Hold on a second. Let perseverance finish its work. Okay, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking no, no good thing. What is it saying? It says you're gonna face some trials and tribulations, you're gonna face some hard things, but in those moments, you have an opportunity to yoke up with Christ, to persevere, to not lose hope, and if you hold on to him and hold on to hope, you're gonna become mature, not lacking any good thing. Can we just be real this morning? We've all had seasons where we absolutely don't hold on to hope. <laughs> we fall right into despair, right into chaos, right? But God is so good, he uses those, those moments as well, amen? Could a prayer team come?
Worship team, come. We'll go eat. Somehow I made this last 20 more minutes, so you're welcome. Can you stand? James 1.12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, the person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Blessed is the one who has stood under trial. Some of you have gone through some stuff. Maybe you're going through some stuff right now. I encourage you just to stand. Stand strong and stand tall. Can we close our eyes in this room? Jesus, we love you. Hmm. Father, I thank you for the ones that, um, that are even struggling this morning, God, that are growing weary and doing the, the right thing and doing the good things of following you, God. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would encourage your people this morning to not to give up. Keep bringing your family to church. Keep going to marriage counseling. Keep staying away certain friends and certain people. Keep going to work every day. Keep being consistent. Keep opening your Bible and trying to get in your word. Keep turning on the worship music when you've been listening to other bad music or whatever. Don't go weary in trying to do good things. Because in due season, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Mm. 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 Father, I pray that you'd help us to not just wait around for you to turn things to good, but God, we would begin to look for the good. God, I thank you that no past season and nothing when it comes to your kingdom is wasted, Lord. I thank you that what the enemy meant for evil, you're turning it around for good. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Maybe you found yourself here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus at all. You're not born again. You've never repented of your sin, never believed that Jesus is the Son of God, that he was crucified for your sin, that he was buried for three days, that he rose from the grave. Maybe you're here today and you can say, man, I'm not even saved. I'm not even born again. I don't even have salvation. I've never even given my life to him, submitted to him as Lord. And maybe this morning, if that's you, if you need salvation this morning, would you just lift your hand right where you are? Saying, I need salvation. I just want to give an opportunity before we leave. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Can we just take a moment, actually, with everybody in this room? Could you just put your hand on your neighbor? I just want us to pray for one another before we leave, before we step in the community. I encourage you guys to stick around. And let's just remember what I said earlier, that what we're about to do, sharing a meal and all this, is just as spiritual. Can you just pray for your neighbor real quick? Just pray God's blessing on them, God's favor on them. Pray out loud, come on, that they would receive everything that God had for them this morning, that they would be encouraged by the word of the Lord, that God would bless their family, bless their whatever it is they have, their kids, their grandkids. 
God, help us just to love one another really well. Help us to be marked by the way we love one another in this house, Jesus. And listen, maybe you're here today and you need healing in your body. You need encouragement for anything at all. Listen, if you need prayer for anything at all before you leave, our prayer team is available to pray with you. We'd love to partner with you. We'd love to pray and minister to you. So if you need prayer, you can come down now just before you leave. Otherwise, bless you guys. Let me pray over you. Father, bless your people. Bless your family. Bless their kids. Bless their finances. Bless this house. Bless our city in the name of Jesus and all God's people said. Amen. Can we put our hands together for the Lord this morning?